Welcome to 20,000 Leaves Under the Sea by Jules Verne. Adapted for young listeners. Are you ready to embark on an exciting adventure to the depths of the ocean? Let's begin! The story opens with Professor Aranax, an oceanographer, who has dedicated his life to the exploration of the sea. In the spring of 1867, he was called upon to help when several ships were attacked by a strange sea creature. It had to be enormous. He boarded one of the ships that was tasked with tracking down the creature and met another passenger, a man named Ned Land. Ned was not a humble man, and he boasted of being the best harpooner in the world. Ned declared that his mission was to hunt and kill the creature, but Professor Aranax protested. As a scientist, studying the creature alive would be much more valuable, he said. Ned dismissed the idea, saying, Oh Professor, there are only two types of fish in my book, the edible and the inedible. The wind filled the sails, and they set off for the open sea. The crew feverishly searching for the creature. The captain had promised a juicy reward to whoever spotted it first. As they sailed, Professor Aranax watched the dolphins frolicking in the waves beside the ship. They were entirely at home in the water, jumping and diving with ease. With their eyes peeled for any sign of the sea monster, the group embarked on an exciting adventure into the unknown depths of the ocean. Chapter 2. Fighting the Scary Monster They had been at sea for two months, but had not seen anything until one day, they spotted two glowing yellow dots in the distance. Ned Land, who was a skilled harpooner, was excited to try and catch the creature. He said, Let's see how my harpoon tastes the monster. He positioned himself at the front of the ship, and with his strong arms, he threw his harpoon with all his might towards the creature. But what happened next surprised them all. The harpoon bounced off the creature's back with a loud metallic sound, and the monster crashed into their ship. The impact was so strong that Professor Aranax was thrown into the water. Ned Land didn't hesitate for a moment and jumped into the water to save him. But as they swam towards their ship, it slowly drifted away from them. In the end, they watched as their ship disappeared over the horizon, their hearts heavy with the knowledge that they might never see it again. They were stranded in the middle of the vast ocean, with no ship in sight. Professor Aranax and Ned Land had to use all their strength to stay afloat and try to survive. They didn't know what would happen next, but they were determined to make it through, Chapter 3, Lost in the Wide Open Ocean Professor Aranax and Ned Land found themselves in a bit of a pickle. They had been swimming for quite some time, and a thick fog had descended upon the water. They were all alone, with no one to rescue them. But Ned Land was not one to be deterred. Don't worry, Professor, he said bravely, we'll make it out of this. Just keep swimming. And so they continued on, the water calm and quiet around them. Suddenly, out of the mist, appeared a strange creature. 
Its yellow eyes glowed faintly, and its dark back rose out of the water. Look, Professor, exclaimed Ned. But Professor Aranax was skeptical. Ned, are you crazy? You're getting too close to it. But Ned just laughed. Don't be silly. It's not a real creature at all, it's a machine made of steel. And with that, he swam right up to it. Sure enough, it was a strange sort of watercraft. The hatch that opened up to reveal several silent men who motioned for them to come aboard. The professor shivered. What could they be in for on this bizarre vessel? But Ned was undaunted. Come on! And they stepped aboard. Chapter 4, Meet the Amazing Nautilus After being rescued from the sea, the group found themselves in a cramped cabin. Ned, the boastful harpooner, immediately stretched out on one of the bunks, declaring that it didn't matter whether they were in a cloud castle or a sardine can, he needed to sleep after all that swimming. Their rest was interrupted by a voice from a speaker. Attention! This is the captain speaking. We will bring you food and drink first, and then I will meet you in my salon. The group was surprised to find the captain's room grand and luxurious, with heavy red curtains and a man in uniform standing before them. This was their mysterious host. I am Captain Nemo, he announced. You are aboard the Nautilus, the most advanced ship ever built. Professor Aranax thanked the captain for rescuing them. But Captain Nemo's response was unexpected. Do not mistake my hospitality for kindness. You are my enemies. Professor Aranax tried to explain that they had mistaken the Nautilus for a sea monster, but Captain Nemo refused to listen. Your human logic and wars mean nothing to me. My laws rule on the Nautilus. The professor was shocked. What do you mean by here below? Can the Nautilus really dive? We are currently a hundred meters below the surface, the captain said. He drew back a bright red curtain, revealing a massive round window that offered a breathtaking view of the ocean's blue depths. As they floated in the strange new world, they marveled at the curious creatures that surrounded them. There were pufferfish, spiky sea urchins, colorful clownfish, and even a slippery-looking octopus covered in mud. Enormous jellyfish drifted past their window, casting a rainbow of colors throughout the salon, much like the stained glass windows of a grand cathedral. It was a world of beauty and danger, and as they explored it, the professor and his companion couldn't help but feel a sense of excitement and adventure in their hearts. Chapter 5. A Ship Full of Wonders Captain, what a marvelous sight, exclaimed the wide-eyed Professor Aranax, taking in this stunning view with wonder and amazement. You will be able to enjoy this for a while longer, Captain Nemo said. You now know the secret of the Nautilus. If mankind were to get their hands on my ship, they would destroy this wondrous world out of their greed. That is why, you will never leave the Nautilus again. Ned and the professor looked at each other, stunned. What kind of person was this Captain Nemo? 
What gave him the right to rob them of their freedom? He had to have a heart as cold as the waters of the deep sea. I want to show you something, said the captain. Captain Nemo led us into a room full of controls, buttons and flashing lights. This is the command bridge. This is where we control the Nautilus from. Follow me further into the interior of the Nautilus, we are now entering the engine room. Up winding staircases they went deeper and deeper into the ship. And then they were there, in the heart of the Nautilus. All around them, the engines rattled. Nemo seemed to have discovered a completely new kind of energy. This technology was different from all the steam engines they had known so far. I invite you to go around the world in the Nautilus. In 20,000 miles under the sea. Now began a new life aboard the Nautilus. For the professor, a dream had come true. Finally, he could see the underwater world of the seas with his own eyes. He often sat in front of the gigantic window in the salon and watched the play of the fish. Almost every day he could discover a new species. For a scientist, the Nautilus was a paradise. Chapter 6, Walking on the Bottom of the Sea Ned Land, on the other hand, had greater problems accepting his fate as a prisoner. You can't just lock us up here like this, I want to get out of here! Mr. Land, replied the caption. Since you're making such a racket in your cabin, would you like to go for a walk? We're right above my submarine plantations. Here we grow nutritious seaweed and marine plants. You could help with the harvest. After putting on their wetsuits, they exited the Nautilus through an airlock. Sunlight shone dazzlingly from the surface of the water. Gradually they started to understand Captain Nemo, everything he needed, the sea gave him an abundance and no one disputed these possessions. But Ned was interested in something else, he was heading for the wreck of a galleon. Perhaps the gold of the Spanish conquerors could be found in these ruins? Only hesitantly did the professor follow him. Inside the ship, Ned discovered a chest. The lock was completely rusted and could be opened easily. What a sight! The chest was filled to the brim with gold. Overjoyed, they dragged the treasure to the Nautilus. Captain! This box is full of gold! Isn't it great? Great is only your stupidity! Instead of helping with the harvest or looking at the wonders of the sea, you burden yourself with this junk. We use such junk merely as ballast. With these words, Captain Nemo opened one of the ballast tanks. It was filled to the top with golden gems. I have found that the Nautilus sits better in the water with this ballast. Other than that, the junk is uninteresting. Something to eat and a clear head are much more important. Like two watered poodles, Ned and Professor Aronax went back to their cabin. Chapter 7 Riding out the big storm. One day, Professor Aranax went up on the deck with the captain, who showed him the dark clouds in the distance. Look, Professor, there's a storm coming? It's going to be very rough here, said the captain. The waves grew bigger and bigger until they were 15 meters high. But the captain wasn't worried. Don't be afraid, he said. The Nautilus can handle anything. 
he filled up the water tanks, and they went deep into the ocean, away from the storm. Even though they were still close to the surface, the water was already calm. Fish swam around them, and everything was peaceful. I want to take you even deeper, said the captain. Not far from here is the deepest point of the Atlantic Ocean. But then, the Nautilus was thrown around by the rough water again. It was scary! Finally, they reached the quiet, weightless underwater world once more. The professor was amazed. He couldn't believe that above them was a storm raging on the surface. Chapter 8 Diving Deep Into The Mysterious Ocean One night, as they dove deeper and deeper into the dark depths of the sea, they came upon a wondrous sight. Two giant creatures were locked in battle, a great whale and monstrous octopus. The long tentacles of the octopus were wrapped tightly around the whale, and it seemed as though the whale would never escape. The professor was amazed at the sight before him. He knew he had never seen anything like it in all his years of studying the creatures of the sea. Ned, however, saw it as an opportunity to hunt and kill the creatures. As they watched, the crew suddenly heard a warning. Their oxygen levels were running low, and they needed to leave the deep sea immediately. They quickly began their ascent, and the darkness surrounding them began to fade. Soon, they broke through the surface, and the crew opened all the hatches. Chapter 9. Battling a Giant Squid But unfortunately, the Nautilus had not reached the surface alone on its way out of the deep sea. A giant octopus was clutching the hull of the Nautilus with its tentacles. What kind of monster had they brought to the surface from the depths of the sea? The captain of the Nautilus shouted, Everyone, get ready to fight! The crew grabbed their axes, but the octopus's arms were everywhere. Just then, one of the octopus's tentacles snatched the captain and lifted him high into the air. But Ned Land was ready! He took a harpoon and charged towards the octopus. He quickly saw that the only way to defeat the monster was to hit it between its huge eyes. He aimed with all his strength and threw the harpoon. The octopus's arms loosened, and the captain escaped. Then, the monster slipped back into the sea, disappearing into the deep, dark water from where it came. You saved my life! How can I ever repay you? Asked the captain. I have only one wish, to be free again. Take me back to land as soon as possible. The captain's face turned serious. I'm sorry, but I cannot grant that wish. We still have more exploring to do. Chapter 10. Escaping from the Nautilus. As Professor Aranax and Ned Land traveled on the Nautilus, they encountered a great danger. Ned had overheard the crew talking about a deadly whirlpool called the Maelstrom. Ned came up with a plan to escape the danger. He urged Professor Aranax to join him in a small boat and row to safety. The professor, who was reading a book, was startled by Ned's urgency. The Nautilus is in grave danger, Ned explained. We must flee before the maelstrom sucks us under. 
The professor was hesitant to leave the Nautilus, but Ned insisted that it was their only chance. The crew said that the moment to escape is now, Ned explained. The Nautilus is refilling its air tanks, and we're close to the coast. We'll take the small boat and row to safety. With a firm grip on the professor's arm, Ned led him through the narrow passages of the Nautilus to the exit hatch and into the small boat. As they rowed away, the Nautilus shook under the pressure of the maelstrom. Suddenly, their boat was lifted from its anchorage, and they were tossed about like a walnut shell on the rough waves. Looking back, they saw the Nautilus being dragged down into the depths of the maelstrom. The professor felt his head spin, and he lost consciousness. Chapter 11, The Wonders of Our World After being thrown overboard, Professor Aranax woke up in a small fishing hut. When he came to, he found himself safe on the shore, with Ned by his side. They both breathed a sigh of relief, grateful to be alive. He looked around and saw that the sun was shining through the window. Professor, you're finally awake, it's a good thing I was able to row us to shore. You had quite a rough time out there. But now that you're feeling better, we should try some of the delicious fish soup that the fishermen here make. As they ate their soup, Professor Aranax thought about their journey on the Nautilus and wondered what had become of the mysterious Captain Nemo and his amazing submarine. He didn't know if they were still exploring the depths of the ocean, far away from the rest of the world. But one thing the professor knew for sure was that he had learned an important lesson during their adventure. Humans are just a small part of this planet. If we want to protect our world, we need to appreciate the wonders of nature, whether they are on land or underwater. And with that, their incredible journey came to an end. <laughs>